For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's about to go. The Buffalo Nerds Sports Podcast Where we talk history of the game numbers and stats And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should Because I'm this, 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 this the, the real deal And you know I gotta shout out the Buffalo Bills Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax This the Buffalo Nerds Sports Podcast Let go! Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome in to this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by Minute Media and Fansided. If this is your first time listening to the show? Thanks for finding me. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope you enjoy. I hope you choose to come back. Uh, it's going to be another fun show this week as we continue to talk about free agency, getting ready to lead up to the draft. The NFL has been nuts again this week. Uh, just it's wild. The Bills made some more moves. Uh, really, they made moves this week that are necessary to building a championship roster. And that's kind of what we're going to get into this week a little bit um, and really kind of just briefly touch on what the heck is going on? I think Stefan Diggs said it best, like what the hell is going on? The NFL has been all over the place. The AFC is turning into a superior power on paper. Uh, so it's, it, it's exciting, but it it's, feels almost unfortunate that when we got our best roster ever, everybody else is dynamite. Right. So it, it, it's going to be fun, but a lot of things happening. And uh, so we're going to get into it again this week, but, like we do each and every week uh, before we get into all that, we are going to highlight a charity again this week. Um, and so it is actually, I'm recording this on Friday, the 25th. Um, you know, so this is actually national cerebral palsy day. So very cool. Uh, you know, obviously you guys all know that that's close to my heart that have been listening to the show. Um, you know, and for those of you that are already part of the, part of the nerd mafia, that is, you guys know, that's kind of what the show is all about. Um, you know, and how it all started. And I like to back, uh, you know, every cerebral palsy foundation that I can. Uh, but today just happens to be the particular day as this is awareness month as well for cerebral palsy. So this week I wanted to, this organization doesn't just, uh, you know, work with, uh, kids or, or young adults or adults for that matter that have, uh, cerebral palsy, but a bunch of different disabilities that are physical disabilities, you know, that would 
stop kids and your young adults from being able to do activities um, that are kind of out and about. So this week, I want to highlight Best Day Foundation. Uh, you find them at bestdayfoundation.org. That's Best Day, just like it sounds like you're having your best day ever. Because what they try to do for these kids is uh, with the disabilities and things like that is they take them out and they've got them kayaking. They've got them surfboard on surfboards. They've got them, you know, kind of wakeboarding. They've got them doing all sorts of like snow sports as well. They get out and they get them doing physical activities that these kids would not necessarily be able to do. Um, they do it with very cool, different, you know, safety gear and the different things and come up with different events and everything like that. Um, they are, a, the organization was started here in California and their headquarters here in California, but they do have, uh, you know, chapters here in California and they have chapters on the East Coast, uh, in the Virginia area, New Jersey and down in Florida. Um, so basically where you kind of, you know, would look for water, right? Cause they're doing a lot of water activities and things like that. But best day organization or best day foundation.org is just like for, you know, somebody that has a child with cerebral palsy when they're, they, they don't always get to do everything, you know, that the average kid gets to do or the average person gets to do. So this organization works with young kids up to 24 plus years old and, you know, get them out there doing the kayaking and all those types of things. And, you know, they've got put on big events, you know, just where people come out and get a lot of excitement and experience that they would never get. So bestdayfoundation.org, uh, head over there, check out what they're doing. There's ways to donate. Uh, there's ways to volunteer if you want to, you know, if you got one on the East Coast that's close by. If you're on the West Coast, if you know somebody that might enjoy it, send it over to them, please. Appreciate it. So I tell you what, not only is the AFC getting incredibly tough, the AFC East just got interesting. Um, you know, the Tyreek Hill signing. Now, look, we've seen Stefan Diggs come in and make a difference in this team, but we've also seen that it isn't just one player that definitely can make the difference in the team. So as good as Tyreek Hill is, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work in Miami, but it definitely increases their odds of being better. And I think that they are definitely probably the number two contender for the AFC East at this point. Uh, and they might've already been there realistically. I mean, they, they've been putting in a lot of work this off season They've done some nice things. I mean, uh, they've put some, they've invested money in their backfield. They invested money in their line and they now have invested big in the wide receiver room, you know, and plus they have Waddle, uh, you know, things of that nature. So it's getting interesting. And when players like that are moving around, it's very interesting because today you also see that Kansas City's lost their entire starting back end on defense. I mean, that's, that's big. That's, that's, that's huge stuff. So. What we're talking about in constructing a champion is you have to be very good and very productive and how you approach balancing your roster and building your roster. And Brandon Bean has been so good at this, but we are in a very interesting, unique spot with this team as we're building it out. As good as everybody else has been getting, you know, we threw our haymaker with Von Miller. I think our roster right now is looking very good, but there's some pieces that are still there that need to be taken care of. And we made some moves this week to kind of fill some needs. After last week, uh, we left the week kind of, we didn't have backup quarterbacks. We now have two backup quarterbacks. Not the way that I thought we would have done this. Uh, I would have assumed that one of them would have been a kind of veteran quarterback, but bringing in two veteran quarterbacks uh, to be the backup, um, it's interesting. Uh, I get it. And uh, I mean, you, when you look at the money situation we're in, uh, it makes sense. You know, Josh necessarily doesn't need uh, the exposure to like 
he needs somebody there teaching him and showing him how to be an NFL quarterback anymore. But it is nice to have extra eyes that have been veterans in this game. And they're definitely guys that could step in and fill the role if we need to. It's going to be a big change of offense. Um, you know, and that's not that's not really what I'm uh, I was about. You know, last having Mitch last year was a luxury because he knew he would drop some, but he could still run a lot of the game plan. If we have to bring in Case Keenum or Matt Barkley, things are going to change. But we have built a very nice roster around them. So I can see why we had to go this route. Uh, the pick is, you know, it's kind of really a seventh round pick isn't really going to make the roster. And when you can turn that around into your backup quarterback potentially, or, you know, I imagine one of them is going to potentially sit each week if they're both there, um, you know, they still might move one of them or see how things go. I, if, but at the way it stands and the way the money situation looks like this might be it. And then maybe like an undrafted guy through camp to see what we've got, you know, and put somebody on the practice squad for future backup roles, but interesting movement in that. Uh, but when you're talking about the money that they spent on it, it's it, it smart. I mean, we're, we're in a tight situation. I think um, for those of you that use sport track or follow sport track, you should, I mean, they're good. They're very good at what they do. They've got to set around two million right now, uh, two point three, and that's without the Taiwan Jones money because we just brought Taiwan Jones back. Uh, you know, another piece of the puzzle we came into kind of last week, like we we were looking for a back. Obviously, you could tell that was taking place with the McKissick deal. We go ahead, we bring in Duke Johnson, and then you bring back Taiwan Jones, who was a guy who, honestly, for me, I felt like it was probably time to move on for him. But again, for the veteran leadership that you get. Um, he's not going to really be a running back. I mean, this is a special teams role move, right? I mean, but he could be an emergency running back if you needed him to be. So I get it. I mean, this team is in a tight money situation. Uh, he's Bean has been working the system very well until this point. He's he's talked to guys that he can talk to and had them rework deals, you know, and he's done things like that with Milano and some of the other guys. It's just, this is, it's becoming tough. So I get it when it's like, hey, if we're going to be paying somebody like around a million dollars, why not pay it to the veteran guy who we know knows our system, knows our culture, and is good at special teams and can play that role, right? So I've the, this week has been much slower for us, obviously, but to me, this is this is starting to kind of show us the direction of where we're going. I think personally, um, I mean, if I'm looking at this roster right now, I I, I believe that they. They might bring in a running back, you know, maybe in the draft, but I feel like this room might be, this is what it's going to look like unless that said rookie that comes in can just blow somebody out of the water to where they're like, Hey, let's make the move. Cause we can save some money. But I think we feel like we have a backfield that can be productive this year and we don't really have to make a move on it any further than what we've done right now. So I get it. I, I think that being pretty much saw the writing on the wall that he's, you know, the, the money is going to be thin. So he's taking pieces that can be productive pieces and we're going to utilize them and run with what we have. I mean, our run game has not been great the past couple of years, but the, the way it finished the season is, is enough for the way that this offense wants to run. So I think the running back room is set minus, you know, an extra little piece in the draft or after the draft, just for some extra bodies, you know, during camp and to see if we can find something. I mean, you, you have scouts, you're looking for things, um, if, you know, it, it'd be worth it to look, you know, and maybe you hit some, you hit on something again. Another kind of piece to me that shows where we're at uh, is the Jamison Crowder signing. To me, this is great. I like 
you know, for those folks that are Cole Beasley fans and like that style and like what he does, uh, Jamison Crowder can do it. Uh, and he can do it well. I mean, he's, he's been a very productive wide receiver. Uh, he's got, he's had some injury stuff, but he's, he's 29 years old. I mean, that's, that's less tread even on the tires than Beasley had at this point. Um, I would say he might, he might not be as twitchy as Beasley, but speed wise, I think he's probably a little better than uh, Beasley is. But again, just another move that says, we're good. We're a good football team. And I need just a piece to a puzzle that can be a building block. I, I don't think that this necessarily says that they don't believe that Isaiah McKenzie can fill the role. Um, you know, cause I know some people might be thinking that, well, would we bring back McKenzie for if we're going to bring in Crowder to kind of be that slot guy? I mean, you do that because we do like four wide receiver sets. McKenzie does have a role in the offense outside of that. That's been very productive. And then on top of that, you, as good as Gabe Davis has been and the way he finished the season and you're looking for that leap, if he doesn't leap, then having a guy like Crowder who you could put outside and have him work out there and McKenzie works inside, you, you, you always have to look at pieces like that. He's a veteran player as well. I mean, we've, we've lost a lot of kind of experience out of the room with Sanders being gone, you know, with Beasley leaving. I mean, not that Diggs is an experience, but you've you always want other pieces that are experienced right other people's views of the game how they're seeing it how you know like you got to have that and crowder is the perfect guy for that he's a division guy so he's he's comfortable against you know he's going to know the jets a little you know enough we'll see i mean they're going to be doing probably different things this year a little bit but he's going to have some info there he's he's gone up against the patriots you know and he's obviously he's gone up against the dolphins so he's going to be comfortable in playing in the division, uh, it, it to me, it's I, I'm anticipating a very nice year out of him. Honestly, I think he's going to be way more productive than a lot of people are going to think because he's going to fit a nice piece to this offense. I know that we've we've brought in some nice tight end packages and we got nice tight ends now that could really change things. But I do believe Crowder is going to have a good year here. He's he's still been very very productive. And that was with a team that was not doing well. You give him Josh Allen in an offense that functions. I think he's going to have a very nice season. And again, being just a, a masterful kind of find, you know, I mean, I think this is kind of what you're looking for. The money um, was nice. I mean, I, I honestly thought he might get a little more than that because of he, he is older, but he's not like, I mean, 29 is not the end of the world here. I mean, you got guys playing well past that nowadays, but for me, uh, just a very, very nice move a good way to just continue to construct your roster to be prepared for everything. You know, veteran player hasn't had a lot of winning and he gets an opportunity to come in and play with a championship style team. So Crowder, beautiful move, also money saving. So speaking of the money, I, and, and I've been mentioning that I think Bean's doing a phenomenal job. Just like, I know a lot of people don't, really look too much into the money side of roster construction and that type of stuff. But he he's got 24 players on this roster right now that the cap hit for this season is under $2 million and like 17 or 11 or uh, it was 14 or 11 of those players are under a million. Right. So he's done a very nice job of the bottom half of the roster is not costing a lot of money in the cap hit. Right. So, I mean, that's your, that's kind of your backup players and some of your role players, you know, start falling into that, into that category. But then from there, he's, 
it that it's very efficient in the way that it's built. Three play, there's four players that are in that three to four million dollar range, and then there's four players that are in the the next range at you know five million, and then there's five million the five million range past that. There's two players, six million, one player. Like he does a very very good job of structuring the money in the cap. And when you look at the players in the way that they're being paid, it's 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 beautiful. I mean, it's it's just like the role players are right here. I mean, you can you can tell who does what on the roster, which is I mean, you should be able to do that. I think looking at most teams, you just be like, well, if that's the best player, then he should probably be paid the most, right? But when you start getting into the middle of that, and you're talking defensive lineman, and you're talking end, and you're deep tackle, and you're doing line, outside lineman, you're doing in. Are, like there's a lot of different things taking place in there. And I think the way they've managed coming into this off season with not having a ton of money made money uh, back to make a lot of these moves happen, sitting at 2.3 right now, not a lot. Uh, I mean, we're looking at sport track has it at about, it's going to cost around 8 million for the rookies, right? Just our draft picks that we've yet to make. Right. That, that's roughly eight million dollars, five mil or so that'll go towards the cap. So we're going to be at a negative number at the draft after the draft and signing our rookies. We would be at a negative number at this point. So there's going to be more. Something else is going to have to take place. I mean, obviously you, you would think that there's still a couple of players that you could probably go to to make some movement on. Um, you know, there's not many left that I would really necessarily go to at this point and try to work anything out with. Uh, but there is a couple players that he could easily go to and we could probably, you know, lower that number and save some money because out of all the good that we just talked about and how we have very little money, I think every human being in me, me saying that there, I've even said this a bunch of times actually is that the cornerback position has not been addressed. So couple couple things obviously, right, I think, or that come to my head immediately is do they just allow Dane Jackson to step in and fill the role? I mean, there's reasons that he he's shown the ability to do it. Um you've built a very good defense around him. I mean, I think, I think that's the piece that's kind of being left out of this is that the, the rest of the defense is so good that you, you, you're not really allowed to just try to attack the one bad point, right? You, you, you're like, okay, CB2 is the, the, the trouble area for them. Well, we know CB2 is the trouble area too. So we game plan and build to protect that. So option, I, I think that's an option that is, definitely on the table uh, is that they just let him fill the role. I, there might be a little bit of a shift in the way that we do things. And maybe Teron Johnson gets an opportunity to be CB two and they move him out of the slot. Um, he's, he's looked good. Uh, maybe you make that move and see what happens. Maybe you feel like you have somebody else that can be that slot guy for you moving forward. Um, I personally, I would say let's keep him there. And I would be at this point, more comfortable just saying keep Dane Jackson out there and keep everybody else where they are and let's move forward because with the upgrades on the line, uh, you know, I think that he's not going to have to cover for long. We still have a gr- the best safety duo in the league. If Trey comes back even close to what he was, um, then that's going to be awesome. Now, if he's not quite ready to go, then we're in kind of big trouble, right? 
and then there's got to be movement. And that's why I do believe in I'm leaning towards a cornerback at the, in the draft. Uh, I think that that there's two ways that I would approach the, with our first pick in the draft as we're moving closer to this right now is depending on how tight my money is, I might move the pick. If somebody wants to come up into 25 and there's a guy there that's kind of just so, so I, and I move off of that pick that can save me millions uh, or not millions. I mean, it could save you a million dollars that if it comes down to it and you know, you're going to need it and you don't really have, cause look at what happened to us last year. You know, we, we draft all these guys, they get picked off the practice squad by other teams, you know, things like that. There's not many guys that we're going to draft that are going to be substantial to the roster again this year. I mean, now there was guys that stepped up like Spencer Brown and made big contributions. And, you know, there was guys that made a difference. Rousseau had a good season. Basham had a good season. But that's three players, right? We've got seven picks. So, I mean, it's just like, it's one of those things where I think maybe you just move off of that. You save some money with it and you step back and you maybe take two twos and you go from there and you hope that you hit on your two twos and your three. But if I'm staying at 25 at this point with not seeing the position addressed, uh, I'm, I'm feeling drafting a cornerback is what's going to happen. And then it becomes a let Dane Jackson compete against the number one pick. And we see what happens, you know, and or which. I still like there's part of me that doesn't see how we don't do this, especially if there's any kind of is Trey going to be ready that there's going to be a veteran cornerback brought in. But I think at this point, we're just waiting till after the draft, right? Because you go into it with the anticipation of, hey, there's there's four cornerbacks we like here. If one of them's there, we'll take him. If we come out of this and we don't get that cornerback piece that we're looking for, you know, other teams. And things happen after the draft, right? And then teams drop some players or move some players because they got pieces in the puzzle from the draft that they wanted and they let guys go. Or there's guys waiting on the free agent market right now that are waiting to see what teams do to see who might be a valuable team for them to go and approach, you know? So there'll be veteran guys available after the fact. And I, I anticipate there still will be one. I just, it feels weird to me to not have one, especially if Trey's not going to be back. I think you need one. So that's where I would go with it. Even if we bring in that veteran, I'm still going to probably say a CB with the first pick. I like, especially like, I just don't see any of the other pieces unless there's like a very nice piece of offensive lineman that's left there. I would maybe look at going that route, but really that's the only two things I would do with this first pick at this point. I I'm truly leaning towards just move off it, come back, with our second pick, take whatever team's going to give us, you know, to come up a couple spots, maybe even just take it next year. Right. And see if maybe there's something more that you need next year based on where you are. But this overall one has been just like, we've had very little money. We've brought in a superstar player. We've brought in very nice veteran players. We've brought back guys that were productive in the system and in the roster. Like Brandon Bean has done a phenomenal job at this offseason so far. If they're even like even close to this good in the draft, we're going to be in a phenomenal spot again because this, this, this roster was not far, right? I, I mean, yes, we, we, we lost. It was 13 seconds and we probably should have won that game. This was a Super Bowl roster already. So turning it over and keeping the money right and keeping it tight is a, it's a huge challenge. It's the NFL. I mean, look at what's going on. 
Tyreek Hill's moving. Deshaun Watson's moving. Baker Mayfield might not even be a quarterback in the NFL starting next year, this in a starting position this year. You know, like Matt Ryan's in the AFC now. Like, not that he's like a great quarterback, but there's tons of churn right now. And the AFC is loading up to try to beat the Chiefs. Every team in the AFC is trying to load up to beat the Chiefs. And now us as well. You know, and I think that there's some teams that are there and they're close. And this AFC run is going to be tough, especially when we have to play number ones, uh, you know, from last year moving throughout the season here because we finished as the top guy. So it's it's going to be fun, but you you have to applaud what we've done. I know that we still got some guys that we're probably not going to get back in the Jerry Hughes and things of the world that are that are Bill's guys that we love and things like that. The other big one that I'm really concerned about actually at this point, and his numbers already counted into the cap, but Ryan Bates got the offer sheet from the Bears and he signed it. So that means it's more, I would anticipate at least, that it's more than what we currently have offered him. And we have him at, I believe it was at 2.4. Yep, 2.4 we tendered him at. So with another $2 million, we're at best like $4 million we would be able to even offer him right now without moving some other money around. So in Bates to me, is a, he's a big piece to this. I I, I know we brought in Saffold, but I, th- I think that's short-term stuff. Mitch Morris restructured. I think that's that's two, three years short. That, I mean, this is he's 25 years old. And you've kept him around. You've kept him around. I I hope that the money has not gotten too tight for us to b- keep him. Because I, I can't see why he wouldn't want to stay in Buffalo unless he has doesn't think he has any chance of starting. Right? Like, that would be the only reason I'd say that he doesn't. But besides that, that... They need to figure out if it's close, they need to figure out a way to get the money to keep him around, I think, uh, personally. But what happens with him is going to be very interesting. How we go about getting the money uh, to sign the, the rookies moving forward and what it looks like. Um, but so far, I, I mean, this is still a winner. I mean, and, and until we get it on the field and it's not winning, uh, I think Brandon Bean's done a phenomenal job. We've, we're constructing a champion here that's a, just a turn that is constantly winning. Like we want to be AFC's champs again and again and again and again. And we want to keep winning and we can want to keep getting to that championship game with the opportunity to be Super Bowl champs, right? So kudos again to Brandon Bean for having a brilliant plan in place and also not like freaking out when everybody else is going crazy, right? Because the AFC was is loading up for an arms race. And we didn't have the money to really truly do that. And he still did it. And we're in a good position with a good football team. So a couple updates. Now, moving forward into April and stuff, we're going to start bringing some guests back on the show to, to get some other opinions and, uh, you know, talk about some draft and talk about some other things as we're working through camp and stuff like that. There's just really good people out there that are super talented at that stuff. So I'd like to bring them on, you know, during the off season here and kind of chat it up with them and see what we can get you guys some more information about the team and get some other thoughts and ideas moving and grooving in here. So that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, we like to keep it short and sweet. I know everybody's got lives and things doing. Hopefully, again, you enjoyed the show this week. Again, if you're new to the show, thanks so much. Make sure you're following along, you know, on all the social channels. Uh, you know, we're on the TikTok, Twitter, so uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Buffalo Nerd everywhere. You know, so make sure you're following along. For those of you that already been part of the Bills Mafia, the Nerd Mafia, and are back, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you very much, and I hope everybody enjoyed the show this week. Again, make sure that you guys head over to bestdayfoundation.org. Check out what they're up to because they're doing very cool stuff over there. 
And make sure you guys are checking out uh, buffalodelowdown.com. That's buffalodelowdown.com. Uh, you know, Brandon, those guys are going to be working hard all off season, you know, putting out good content, making sure everybody's got, you know, differing ideas. I mean, we're all Bills fans, right? So we're all follow the Bills. We all, follow, we all get the information from the, you know, the source. But there's different ways to view things and there's different ways to talk about things and everybody's got different opinions. So make sure you're checking it out. You know, maybe you'll find somebody's voice that you like or somebody's opinion that you like and you'll follow them from there on out. So go over there and check them out. But besides that, make sure you guys enjoy the weekend uh, and have fun, be safe and continue to enjoy the Buffalo Bills. And as always, go Bills. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? We could romance the legal copy. It never gets the attention it deserves. And some lawyer worked real hard on it. So take it away, lawyer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Now that was some beautiful legal. Well done, lawyer. Well done. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.